Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gore Call, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put on board news with us today for his first interview of 2022. Bernard Turdion, CEO, HPQ Silicon, trades in Canada under HPQ. For our friends in the US, HPQFF. For those new to the story, we know that more and more are joining you. HPQ is a Canadian producer building a portfolio of unique, high value specialty silicon products needed for the upcoming renewable energy revolution. More than just lip service, the company uh, has already received their first order for spherical nano silicon material from a global major automobile manufacturer. None of us know who it is. They've got an NDA with at least two battery players uh, and they've got two reactors, their main quartz reduction reactor and their nano silicon reactor. And what we're talking about today, very importantly, is an update on the HPQ nano silicon reactor. Bernard, welcome to the show. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Um, we're doing this because Newfie 36 on CEO said, perhaps we need a video with George. So Newfie, you asked or you stated it, you're getting it. Bernard, right off the bat, the, your, your quote says, once final adjustments are completed, expect in January, the system will be ready to produce new samples for third-party evaluation. Man, mm -hmm. how close how, uh, is HPQ to being at that point? Pretty close. We're getting there. We, you know, it's, it's a question of, you know, you, you check the marks. You, we reach a goal, we check the mark. The, the reality of doing what we're doing, uh, and it's an R&D project, is that once you start, okay, you're not exactly sure when it's going to end. But the only thing I do know with certainty is working with Pyro, we are going to reach destination and succeed. Okay. Um, so I'm not worried about that part. So I think it's like, I'm not trying to be evasive, but I'm not trying to put a hard date because some people like take hard data as something specific, but as soon as possible, I would love to have, um, that milestone reach and for us to get the validation from the NARS that, okay, this material is really, really good. And given the fact that you said January, uh, has given a lot of investors uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hope. By the way, make did sure I see the year? What's that? Did I say the year? <laughs> now, um, get, for those who who are new, kind of discuss the importance of the nano silicon reactor and why this update is important. Without, we, we know we can't cover all of it, but you know, usually what we're talking about and what everyone's been waiting for is the PureVap quartz reduction reactor, the QRR. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, just if you can quickly, what's the importance of the nanosilicon reactor? Okay. The importance of nanosilicon reactor is really this. Um, the market for, the primary market we are looking at is to make silicone material that we'll use by anode manufacturers for battery, for the battery space, okay? Um, and that market is going to go explode through the roof because of the simple reality that if governments are talking by 2030, we're supposed to be, you know, there'll be no more fuel car gas. You can buy, everybody wants an electric car. The solution is to go to silicone with graphite and eventually with full silicone into it. And you need to be able to make that material uh, cheap. Okay, the technology exists to make them, okay? There are companies making it right now. Um, there's some people using it. 
HPQ's philosophy with pyro is that we look at what happened in, with, in the solar industry, which was that too many people focus on being the first, okay? The first one to get contract, but then when the price came in, because there's going to be people that are going to look at ways of cutting down the price and, and, and killing on the price here. So from the beginning, I have approached Pyro with a simple philosophy. We always want to be the cheapest manufacturers of the material. So I let the other ones develop the industry, okay? And then I'll take it away from them because I have a cheaper product. Um, and that's- And you're still really confident that you're still in that position? Because look, it's been a while. There are a lot of other people in the world working on this, right? You're still highly confident not working. that you guys are still the cheapest? They're not working on what we're doing, okay? This is something that few people don't understand. There are tons of people working silicon for batteries. I grant you that, okay? But what these guys do, okay, is that they buy silicon SI from somebody, okay? Figure a way to turn it into animal material thinking this is where the money is gonna be made. Um, I was reading a document from somebody that's in this industry starting to do says we have long-term commitment to buy our raw ingredient. But the raw ingredient is the most expensive raw ingredient, the most complicated to do, and the most dangerous to, to work with. Well, you can start a long-term investment. What we are looking at doing, okay, is taking raw silicone, raw SI, convert it into nanoparticles in one relatively easy step and this is what we're we're doing the R&D on so that we can have the cheapest material then you combine that with the fact that we make that raw silicone to be used as a feedstock then we know we control the entire value chain all of my competitors in the silicone industries start with buying the silicone but that's i understand that that's sort of like like it, it gets to be confusing that we're sort of a weird industry because we're an industry where we use the same name for different things. You understand what I'm saying? Like silicone, silicone. I'm having a hard time dif differentiating the two in the pronunciation time. There are two completely material, but they all come from the same value chain, silane gas, all, all, but all those start at the base at silicone metal SI. Let's talk about preliminary, uh quote here, preliminary results obtained with material produced during commission, since you talk about that, during commission mm -hmm. tests complete in December are very promising. Why are they very promising? I'll go back to, to this, okay? Um, and it's sort of like understanding the, the philosophy behind what we did. The Gen 1 machine, okay, the first generation of the nanoreactor, is designed to give us all the data we need to build a small-scale proof of commercial scalability pilot plant, which we call the Gen 2. Um, and when we started this process at the beginning, we chose, we thought it would be faster, and, and, and it's not wrong. It's neither right or wrong, it's just a reality. We thought of using the other machine, which was our, our Gen 2 QRR, converted to make the nano part. And by the middle of the year, we started to realize that that was a major cause of our issues because of, uh, one machine was designed to do one thing and we're asking to do something else. 
So there was, you know, there was oxygen leaking into it. And oxygen is the enemy of silicon, SI. And, it's, and, and if you read the literature in SI for batteries, it is something very difficult and complicated to control and everything else. So once we identify the problem, okay, the guys at Pyro identified the problem, identified the solution, identified the multiple causes. And the biggest one was deemed to have been, oh, the fact that we're using, we're using the Gen 2 QRR converted into the system didn't work. So then we just set out to design, how can we fix this? So the first question we ask, can we fix the first machine and make it remove the oxygen? Or do we go back and design a completely new one, which is the irony, the internal irony is that we ended up going back with the, it's sort of complicated, the, the first generation of the QRR system to then convert it to make it the first 1.5 generation of the nanoreactors. So there's, there's not a number, but fundamentally, we had a sort of like an off the shelf solution, okay? And the key point to understand is all these data points, okay, are gonna allow us, once we make the qualified sample that says, okay, now we know how we're gonna design the gen two system, the one that's gonna start producing, that's gonna be the key to getting everything moving. The gen one was designed to, to validate all the concepts, make us understand everything and produce sufficient sample to start sending it to end product buyers. So then we get feedback coming back and forth. Okay. It took us longer, but we're here. So removing the oxygen was the biggest part. Oxygen is a big problem in making nanoparticle silicon. That's why people use saline gas in, in, the, in uh, oxygen-free environment to do it, you know, and it goes back to our philosophy. We're looking at developing a low cost process. Hopefully I didn't lose too many people in this, in this George. Well, that's why we're gonna keep doing those decks also, right? Because I think <laughs> as we get closer and closer, it's gonna be important to you know, do the deck so people can continue to visualize that. But I think, the, I think a way to kind of sum it all up is let's go to Peter Pascala from Pyrogenesis, his quote, mm -hmm. because Again, always third-party validation is important. Pyrogenesis, NASDAQ listed, very, very reputable company globally. And he said, notwithstanding some unexpected delays, as you've been talking about, we couldn't be prouder of where we are in developing this game-changing technology with HPQ. Uh, mm -hmm. The fact that we're getting closer to meeting a significant challenge in the development of lithium-ion batteries for the electric vehicle market proves we're on the right track with the right partner and validates our commitment as an emerging leader in providing CO2 reduction solutions. First of all, he's saying he continues to stay game-changing technology. I think that's important because you guys have talked about that before, but as you get closer and it seems like you're on the cusp, you're on the eve, you're almost there, you guys still firmly believe this is going to be game-changing. Well, yeah, I, you know, we keep doing technology review of what's being done out there, all right? And the process that we're developing, we know we're the only one developing this process. We're the only one that took this approach to the question mark for the nano part all the way to, to the micro part. Um, so we feel very, very comfortable because it's really going to be a question of cost, all right? And that's really our, 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 our drive. 
okay, is to be the cost leader. This being said, I'm not going to be the cheapest seller, but I will be the cost leader. <laughs> I, I intend to make sure that the benefit of our technologies goes to our shareholders, but does not go to the shareholders of the battery manufacturers. Something that people have been asking about the vertical integration, we've no. seen a couple of places. You're mm -hmm. selling your quartz mine, which is kind of like the genesis of the genesis of all this, right? Um, I think I know the answer. I know the answer, but I think it, it's worth just talking about for a second. Mm -hmm. If you're selling your quartz mine, how are you vertically integrated? Because you're saying, quote, by controlling the entire chain from raw materials, the company can modify the entire process and adapt the feed material required for the product for the nanoreactors production to meet end market requirements. Mm -hmm. Are you losing the raw material part of this chain? No, I think I've explained it many, many times, but I'll be happy to explain it again. Quartz is the cheapest part of the chain. Right? It's, the, it's the least expensive raw material. And it is not the only raw material required to convert to, to, to make silicone, okay? uh, SI. Uh, you need quartz, you need... Um, quite, the, quite the ringtone. That's okay. Yeah, I know, but it's a, it's a specific. It's a specific investors, and when he rings me, but that, that was sort of funny. So, so that that that's how I know who it is. It's no big issue. I don't even yeah. need to, to to look at it. It's like spe special people get special ringtone. There's there's some people like a worse one. That's okay. Next time, I'll call you during uh, one of these interviews <laughs> just to hear what the ringtone is for me. But go on about uh, the vertical. Go on about the the, the okay quartz. about the vertical. It's quartz would be a vertical integration if we were only making silicone. We're not just making SI. Quartz is not the key ingredient. Well, it is one of the key ingredients, but actually your carbon source in traditional process is more important, okay? Um, what's gonna be special is with the QRR, what we can do, okay, is we can tailor-made the end product between 99 to 4N material, depending on what the people need. We can also make a, a feedstock that is going to be specifically dedicated to what battery and player wants. Okay. That gives us the, the, the feedstock control. And we'll also be the cheapest manufacturers, as I've talked about, because our processing requires less raw material, more efficient, and, and all those co concepts into it. So if you look at the entire, and I'm talking the entire silicone for battery industry, okay? All of my competitors, or not really competitor, but they're slash competitors slash client, okay? Um, all my competitors gonna have to become my clients, <laughs> as weird as it is, because they say they're in the silicone industry and they're making silicone material for, for, for anode, they're, they're mixing graphite, they're doing all those things together. But at the end, they're gonna need a consistent supplier of the material Sorry. So, so I, I, they're going to need a consistent supplier of material, okay? That that that, that can deliver at a, at a at a price for a long term. That we can basically work with every one of them, okay? If you are just a nano silicone manufacturer and you buy your silicone, okay? Then you're gonna end up having to do two things. You're gonna to have either to partner up with the big boys that eventually wants to buy you to integrate vertically into it. They're gonna to try to buy you at the cheapest cost possible. 
or you're going to be stuck not having control over your raw material. Raw material, which is SI, okay, is going to be the key to SI for batteries. Now, we already control that part because of our other technology. And that we've been working at it for, for five years. And we have, we're coming to market this year with the validation that technology works. So from the beginning, we will be very well positioned to start doing this. And that's a material that people are going to want. Because nobody can do what we're doing, which is 2N plus easily. And we could probably even go to 5N, maybe even 6N. I know some ways to, 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 to tweak it to, to go get to 6N. Not for solar, but for other specific applications. So I think I even mentioned that, you know, just because we're making 4N, we got approached by other type of markets. So when I talk about vertical integration, I'm talking the silicone for battery space, okay? We will control the SI feedstock and we will then convert it into the nanoparticles. All my competitors have to buy their silicone to try to make a material that's gonna work. So this is where we have an incredible advantage. And that's gonna be an advantage that big, small, medium-sized players are gonna need because they have specific- It's almost too, it almost sounds, I know we've been talking about this for a long time, but as we get closer and closer, it almost sounds too good to be true that everybody worth that HPQ Silicon is going to be the only company in that position. Maybe we're maybe like being the only company might be a big word, but we're going to be the only one that's going to be off able to offer TaylorMade. Okay. Like there is another company that does from the beginning to the end in, in that battery space that's trying to grow into it, but they're using traditional smelters. Okay. So the moment they need to do battery grade material, they need to add additional purification step at right. the end of their traditional process to bring that material to battery space, then convert it into the end product. So we eliminate that section immediately. The other thing is, um, there's so scale. I think that makes you the only. I mean, I think that because you have yeah, I would like somebody's gonna be able to say somebody's different. So instead of saying the only, I I, I think we're the in a key, okay, so position, you're in a key and I'm not going to try to argue position. with that position till the end. All right, yeah, we both just said we both just said the same thing there. Speaking yeah. of the end, speaking of the end market, um, we talk about this every once in a while. How does the end market looking for you? And I know you said that once you're ready, the market will just come to you. Uh, but nonetheless, any updates since we last spoke as to the end market? Maybe already because look, we already know that you've made a sale to a. a uh, global auto manufacturer. We already know you've got some NDAs out there. So obviously, you know, customers have, and potential customers have come to you and potential partners. Um, any update there, any change there, any further interest in HPQ? Is that, in, is that interest gaining, uh, you know, gaining momentum? It's gaining momentum. I think that interest was following the same pattern that some of our shareholders were asking us, are we there yet? <laughs> that's really that's really what it is. Um, I believe the moment we can come up with some decent, you know, AFCEL battery test results, uh, it's going to speed up and increase. Um, I was just reading that there was one competitor that made a big spiel of but they're going to use saline gas from REC silicone. And, you know, they make the big announcement. Then I read three months later, well, they're still trying to figure out how to do the financing because the price of saline goes up. So the, the industry is fluid, okay? But there isn't that many solutions. 
There's not too many people doing it. I, I'm I'm surprised that you did not pick that out in the quote because I, I left it there for for people of interest. Slow, smooth, and smooth I, as fast. Ah, which one is that? Well, I had that right in front of me because I was gonna say, hence why you know this big race is going on around the world. Uh, many hares, a few tortoises, and uh, you know the epic tale. And here's your quote, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. While it may have taken us longer than we had expected to get here, we are here now, ready to revolutionize nanosilicon material manufacturing for batteries, a market that is ready to explode. I probably would have used a different adjective there uh, to describe. Well, you know, na nanoparticles are explosive. So they, I thought it felt, felt into it. No, but like explode in the sense we understand yeah, but, was that what you're referring to? That while no. racing around, you've been purposely no. taking your time. No, I, I was referring referring to the um, technical quote we put into it. The SI and the nano reactor can produce sub 150 nanometer. We told them, and I basically said SEM imaging of the latest material produced showed them that we can produce in the 10 to 15 nanometer range. I got that. So Which is a direct application for solid state batteries developer. Thought I thought that would be the one that people would jump on. And they can, uh, it was coming. It, it, it wasn't it, it coming. Was you were ready to say, okay, close. Let's go. I got something else. I got, I got, I got another appointment. Come on. No, I got I'm a it busy right man. So what is the importance of that? I mean, uh, first of all, how for people who don't know, and that's a lot of us, including me, how difficult is it to get uh, to produce material between 10 and 50 nanometers? Um, the smaller you go, the more expensive it is supposed to be. And let's talk about the applications. Obviously, talk about solid-state batteries. Well, yeah, it's because if you go read a bit of the literature about solid-state batteries, there is silicone involved into it. And it talks a lot about needing material in that, in that size range. So we sort of find it interesting because... The test we were doing, we were dealing, how can I say, we were working more on the oxygen. We were not really focusing on adjusting the size. And we kept going smaller and smaller and smaller into the material, which is so, which we thought originally, this is when I say when, we, when you start R&D, uh, you don't have a clue. We thought that would be the most difficult part to do. Seriously, we really thought that making it that small, making it bigger would be easier and we've gone small. The problem is, or the reality is, since we've only been dealing with the oxygen problem, focusing this. So that's really becomes interesting. I have some solid state manufacturer would love to have that, that size material samples, you know, in a good battery grade material. And I have some that would ask a different size. Everybody has their own recipe. I noticed that both you and Peter talk about ESG mm -hmm. slash uh, CO2 in your quotes. Is that becoming more and more important? Like in, in your quote, you said, uh, commercializing silicon, nano, silicon and nanosilicon materials needed to offer ESG compliant silicon materials mm -hmm. for renewable energy revolution. And in Peter's quote, he says, again, that validates our commitment as the emerging leader in providing CO2 reduction solutions. So is that another big advantage that doesn't necessarily quantify in terms of cost or profit or you know the size of the nanomaterial you can create but is is that becoming because i or is that just a coincidence that you both mentioned because to me it seems like it's becoming more and more important and if so bernard 
how big of an advantage do you guys have there over the, you know, the other players that are sniffing around? It's becoming much more important. Uh, SI silicone has always been sort of like, I call it like the sandwich material. Um, it's sort of become the sandwich material. So it is used in many other things. So at one point, um, the end buyers really didn't care how it was made, what was the carbon content, how was the environmental implication of everything it comes into. Now, if you want to get some green funds, if you're big companies, you want to show, you got to be able to demonstrate traceability from beginning to end of your process. So this is becoming much more important, having a completely greener process. Right now, our process is green because we're using hydroelectricity. Um, or if we develop a hydrogen technology, then we'll be green because of that. But we're also looking at ways of making the process of the carbon reduction uh, greener and reducing because that becomes an advantage. The other advantage we have is complete traceability. Smaller size gives us that, that advantage. Um, and that's, I think that's gonna become more and more important for A, for the financial community, because there are more and more financial tools for that. And it's gonna be more and more for our end buyer situation. If you're looking at entering the battery, you know, the, the battery life cycle in Europe, you got to have traceability of all your all your raw material, which is easy for us to have. Um, same thing is going to come in the U.S. Eventually, over time, it, it, it's going to go it's going to go everywhere. So this is why ESG has suddenly made a product like silicone, which was unsexy before, um, because it was like it's prevalent. It was. Prevalent and, and substitution costs was small. Okay. Now substitution costs are going to be higher. And in the battery space, and substitution costs become you know massive because your recipe depends on one raw material. So all these companies are spending millions and millions of dollars based on one recipe. So this being able to meet that requirement, as we say in Francais, a cahier de charge of technical demand becomes the key. Let's revisit last point. Let's revisit your quote that I read and said, no, let's talk about the size of the, you know, the nanomaterial, uh, the, the nanometer, uh, nanosilicon material. We are here now ready to revolutionize nanosilicon materials manufactured for batteries, mm -hmm. a market that's ready to explode. I mean, those, those are some pretty strong words there, especially when you're so close, ready to revolutionize. But it's, it's silicon materials manufacturing for batteries. So it's a factual truth. How happy are you with how, where HPQ is today? And I always ask you this, but you know, you're always developing and moving along. How happy and how confident are you and how confident should shareholders be that, you know, you're there? I am very happy, very confident. Peter and I and the power team and I are very confident. We're, we're getting closer to the, um, to the goal line. Okay. Um, you know, in, in this business, you, you got to get the first down, the first down, the first down to get to the goal line. And, and that's, that's what it is. I think that was like, that was a very important goal line that we needed to, to address, which was resolving the oxygen issue into it. Um, and now we're getting closer to revolutionize it, being able to do nanoparticles that are going to be, you know, SI pure. Um, 
is, is going to change the industry it's just in the way the car cost structure is. You know, uh, I, I've, I've been doing, you know, preparing this, preparing other material, preparing to change your business. I've been reading a lot of material and it fundamentally comes down to this. Um, it's one of our slate. But the only process right now that seems to be working to make nanoparticles, okay, for the battery space, all come out of the solar business. So it goes all the way to saline gas that is either burn or radio frequency, which is the techno technology with a plasma, or is done chemical vapor deposition through the other process that have been used by group 14 technologies. But all of those people feedstock is saline gas, which is a material that is probably requires six additional step after our material. So we're eliminating six energy consuming, environmentally unfriendly steps and replacing them with a very simple step. So if that's not game changing, I don't know what it is. It will become game changing the moment we have that external validation and says, okay, these battery runs are really looking very, very good. We're starting to be on, on the next step. I know it's gonna be coming. Um, is that where INRS comes in? That's where they come in because, because I, 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 and I always said that I don't want to be dependent on the battery manufacturer. Not that I don't trust them, but I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust them. I don't trust them. So if all goes well, Bernard, and it looks like, because again, expect in January and Peter's Seems like you guys are pretty much there. You, 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 have, you actually say we are here now. So sounds like you're there. Sometime in Q2, ballparkish, samples should start going out to end users of all kinds, all over the world, all over North America. What is the what is the you know what is the end of the first half of the year look like? Uh to be totally honest, as soon as we start making qualifying sample, then we switch over to building the um, the Gen 2. Because my feeling is that the, the, the if you understand how battery manufacturers work, they start wanting 100 gram. They want a few kilogram. And then at one point it says, okay, we want a few tons of your material to see if it runs on our batch. Um, so you know, we'll be making the materials for the 100 gram tests, and we got to make sure that we, we can live up with the, the more quantity. And I, I, that's where the Gen 2 comes in, can, comes into play. Uh, so that's, that's really where the, the ballpark's in the chain. Then at the same time, we're going to have the QRR that's going to be starting uh, during, the, during Q1. Um, so we'll start making materials out of that, probably 4N silicone out of that. And then we'll might, we might go look at different process to just mill it so we can start sending sample of different size so we can have more options. Into it. So I think 2022 is going to be an, an, an interesting year, probably even more interesting than we thought and hoped that 2021 would be. Okay. That's, a, that's interesting. Because, just because we'll have at least two of those processes in parallel. We'll have the nanoreactor working uh, and, and the QRR working. Um, low forbid unexpected event. I think one last point I wanted people to realize is, and I think that people don't get how much the COVID realities, and then use it there in the COVID situation, 
as affected. Uh, this nano reactor project that we're doing is the, is the second really advanced project I'm doing with pyro from the beginning. Uh, fume silica, they've done the first part of it, so I can't really vouch for that. But we, when we did the QRR in the same time lapse, okay, we probably did 35 to 40 tests. And that's the key to, to resolving this issue, doing multiple tests, okay? Uh, we probably did 40, I, I, think in, I think in the entire QRR program in a year and a half, we did 140 tests. Wow. With the nanoreactor, we've done 14 tests. And I will tell you that that's, there's an indirect cost or impact of the COVID into this. When we were doing the QRR and we were playing around with the technologies and doing some change, a lot of the pieces we needed to, to, to redo it, we could, we, we could get in 24-hour delivery, okay? Now it's always a guesstimation when the delivery is going to come. So we have to completely change how we do things. We have, to, we have to start thinking about ordering more. So COVID affected R&D. It required a rethought how you do your R&D as opposed to before. Before it used to be not complicated. You know, same day delivery of stuff. Yeah. Now it's whenever you can get it. Don't complain. We'll ship it to you when we can. So that's an impact that, that, that was hard to, and still hard to calculate, but it's a reality. It's not a reality that's only affecting HPQ. It's affecting everybody in the industry. So I, I just wanted to bring that in, in, in people's yeah, mind. That, that makes sense. To, to understand how doing R&D in 2021, 2022, when it's not the same thing as doing it in 2018, 2019. But uh, we're reaching the targets. Last question the major automobile manufacturers that put in their first order for spherical nanosilicon material. What is the milestone, if it's been decided, at which we, or sorry, at which we are told who that is? Will it be when samples are shipped to them? Will it be when samples are shipped to them and they say they're really happy, ship us more? What's the, you know, what's the milestone when we find out who that is? Only because that is, pretty great third-party validation. I don't know too many, you know, I don't know too many people are in that position. I think it's going to be them that are going to call the shot on that one. It's not going to be us. Uh, my thought process and with whomever battery manufacturer we keep talking into and we start sending them samples and they start liking it, they're going to start wanting to kick the tires and take a look at our cost structure and, you know, then we might hear about them differently than what we think. But that's just my humble thought of where we're going with this. Um, that's, that's where I think it's going to go. All right. Uh, I would ask you what's next, but given the fact that you kind of alluded to it, that final adjustments are expected to be completed in January, and here we are in January the 12th, I'm assuming we're going to see in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so anything we anything you want to say to everyone until then, or just sit tight? Oh, it's a pretty it's, tight window. Um, I have a, a I have. There's more ongoing that looks okay. You shouldn't you know judge yeah uh, you can't judge a book by its cover. Um, um, basically, there's a lot of things that I've been working on that 
took longer to fall into place and they're starting to fall into place now. Um, so, you know, we're gonna be, we're, there, there's a lot of fun, interesting things that are gonna make HPQ as an entire entity, as we move into a technology company, a much more, uh, a bigger, you know, company. You know, surprisingly, when we're gonna switch over from a, um, resource company to a technology company, then our key assets becomes our patent. Um, so, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be silly, but it's gonna require me to all those patents I bought to actually, you know, go through Pyro says, okay, let's change the name from, from Pyro to HPQ before. And by the way, can you put those on your balance sheet? Like at some point are you gonna value those patents and put them on the balance sheet? They, but they are already on the balance sheet. They're they're on the like it, with, with the new rules of accounting. Please don't don't, don't get me started. On this we can we we can we can probably have like eventually third party valuation. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't really really change anything. Um, and accounting are such a complicated concept for for nothing really to gain. It's just you know it's just more complication than anything else. I think the importance is. Can we deliver? Can we make some great stuff with it? Do we have enough patent? Do we have a good protection of our technology, which we believe we do? Because in a certain way, we're just uh, copying and implementing pyro strategies for, for doing that. I'm hoping in 2022 to start maybe looking at having our own personal strategy to develop our own patent, but that's something we're looking into. Patents in different you know field application, which goes for what we're doing. All right, my man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this was a this was one where it's kind of like an in betweener, uh, but I think a lot of shareholders are happy to get the update. A lot of shareholders happy to you know see some well, yeah, times from I, there and and some specifics that talked about the delays and how you guys overcame those. Yeah, uh, I think that that was great as well. And uh, uh, last word to you, unless if it sounds like you you got one more thing to say there. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I like to people understand. I, I I get the fact that our timelines are difficult to do. So often now I try to wait until we're almost like ninety percent done, and say, okay, this is what was happening and made sense. Because um, if I try to explain everything that we're doing every week, a people are going to be more confused. Um, and I think if we learn something about the uh, about the pandemics is sometimes too much information can be confusing. So I try to keep it, you know straight circular um i'm gonna try to get our communication message uh tighter um that's gonna require me to start thinking and just go more tighter in the information and the fun part is as we get getting more technical results it gets to be easier to do but you know we're not going to open our book i understand that i'm talking to my investors but also my competitors are watching what i say so sorry, sometimes we will keep what we say to the most yeah. general term and not for people to understand. It's not that I don't, don't trust your shareholders, but uh, there's some people hiding behind the shareholders that might not be people trustworthy. Or I'm just making a note of that. Uh, I was sorry, when I look down, I make notes, so I can put them in the, uh, in the notes afterwards, but no, that makes sense. That makes sense. The fact that you're here is still giving us this. By the way, I know you say sometimes the story is hard, is difficult to follow, and sometimes it is, but I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed with the level of sophistication I see amongst the shareholders. There's some really smart people out there who really, really get it. And yeah, so once in a while, you know, we get it wrong. It's only natural because you're going into uncharted territory. But for the most part, Bernard, I think you guys have done a great job 
of community. No, they they they, know, they, they have, and you know, I I appreciate when somebody posts something even from left field. I'll go take a look at it. it. Says, oh, okay, this is interesting. Not interesting. Applies to doesn't apply to. Um, no, I I think we have a core of investors that really understand it. And I think there's a very, very small minorities of traders that are trying to play on, you know, the complexity of what we're doing. Um, you know, if we were a gold company drilling a gold, a gold project, it'd be easy to follow because everyone's accustomed to investing in gold, knows how to do it. In our case, there's a risk, but there's also, and that's the reason it's called R&D because it's not guaranteed. And the fact that it's not guaranteed is why the government gives us 30% back of the money we invest in doing this because it's R&D. If it wasn't a risky business venue, the government wouldn't grant us the R&D. But, but it's R&D with a, with a kicker though. This isn't just R&D where you're saying, hey guys, we're in the middle of R&D and we'll, we'll see what sticks in a little while. You've already yeah, got you've already got some pretty big parties in the industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but, Very, but, but the, so it's R and D with the commercial kicker. It's it feels like. Yeah, but all R and D is that there's there's a TRL, which is which which is level of advancement. Okay, so we're not at the TRL beginning, which is at the lab where we try to see what sticks in the wall. Okay, but we're we're advanced at the TRL. But as you move in every one of those TRL, there's always a risk of of. You know, there, there can be issues, delays, takes longer, requires, you know, you know, uh, a, a few neurons, cells of, of our engineers to be burned trying to figure out the solution to what's going on. And in counterpart of that, by us doing this, we get, you know, we get significant tax credit from, from the government for doing it. If it was easy, straightforward, directly for production, then you don't get the R&D tax credit. Of course. Well, look, thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next couple of weeks. Like I said, it's the 12th. You know, we're 18 days away, two, two and a half weeks. I'm presuming from what you said in the news release, we're going to see you again. Uh, and I don't, um, I don't leave it. Uh, I don't take for granted that you might have popped something else on us in the meantime. But in case not, can't wait to have you back in a couple of weeks. Bro. Thanks for this update. Much appreciated, my friend. You're welcome. For everybody at home, you've been watching or if you listen by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Bernard Turial. CEO of HPQ Silicon Resources, HPQ in Canada, HPQFF in the United States. Do your due diligence. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.